0: So across Ryan Tannehill off the list, he's not the quarterback that Tom Brady couldn't believe the Titans were sticking with instead of signing him as a free agent. Did you see this, Steve Burstick? Tom Brady was asked by a Tennessee writer, no less, or broadcaster, because he had gone on this HBO show, The Shop, back in June, and said that there was one mother bleep that uh, he couldn't believe they were st- that some team was sticking with. He's like, again, you know, you're know, you going to stick with that guy? Yeah. Um, and his answer while he says it wasn't Tannehill was less than convincing. I've 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 started to pick up on Brady who by his own admission says ninety percent of what he says is crap. I think it's more like ninety five. Um and you know, my personal belief is that while it could have been Tannehill, because his answer doesn't seem that sincere, but um to me it's either it's it, he was talking about the Niners and Garoppolo or more likely he wants them all to think that, that there is no guy, there is no certain quarterback that he can't believe a team stayed with. I And you said this before the podcast, it's all 31 of them.
1: Well, exactly. So it's not Ryan Tannehill exclusively. Right. He's one of 31. Right. And maybe right. 32 if you want to count. Cam Newton or whatever other plans that Bill Belichick had in, in New England. Although I think he, sure. I think they would have kept him. He just wanted to leave. So it's really, why weren't 31 teams lined up at the doorstep of the GOAT? You have a chance to sign the GOAT. Why isn't every team there? So right. is Ryan Tannehill the MFR? Not exclusively. He's not
0: lying. <laughs> He's not, but <laughs> he he could be. I mean, that's the thing with Brady. It's it's all possibilities. Well, I mean, I've uh, said
1: this. Think about yeah. it. Think about it. I mean, Brady's going through. All right, Teddy Bridgewater. No, I'm better than him. Right. You know, um, Drew Brees. I'm better than him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's go through the Matt Jimmy Ryan, Garoppolo. better than him. Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, go, right. go through the league. What quarterbacks yeah. is he saying? I mean, maybe Mahomes, only because of the age and everything else. But quite frankly. Brady's looking at it, going, "I'm better than him," and right. I just, and I proved it. I beat him in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, no, I think I'm better than him. Russell Wilson, no, I think I'm better than him. Mm-hmm. Why isn't it all 31 teams that should have been lined up in his mind to sign him?
0: Well, wow. and and he got the ultimate, um, you know, revenge because he went out and won a Super Bowl with this team. So they all should mm-hmm. regret that they didn't sign him. That's not the way the league works, you
1: know. To your point, point. and not only, only that. He signs for undervalue. Oh yeah,
0: 25. I and mean, he million. doesn't yeah. he doesn't
1: take 40 to 50 million like mm-hmm. the top quarterbacks are getting. Right. I mean, what's Dak Prescott getting in Dallas? 45, yeah. You know. Um better than Dak? Yeah. Why would why wasn't Jerry Jones lined up to sign him? Mm-hmm. you know. I mean that that in, in Brady's mind, you know, that's what you have to be thinking. And so
0: and that's that's what he said at the time mm-hmm. too. He said, "Look, uh it you know, if and he furthered himself this way. If Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky were out there, you know, meaning he's the the Gretzky and the Jordan of his sport, why wouldn't you do everything you could to get him?
1: And you didn't have to trade for him. You didn't have to give up anything nope. to get Brady. Nope. Other than, you know, fit him under your salary cap. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing you had to do.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I kind of tend to lean that way. I, I don't think there was any one specific. I think he's talking about all of them. You know, and there may be one that, you know, he knows better or, you know, I mean, in the case of Tannehill, and I've talked to a lot of people that thought, nah, it's probably Ryan Tannehill. We know that Mike Brable was his teammate, right? I mean, Mike Brable was, is only two years older than Tom Brady, if you can believe that. And so it would, it would stand to reason if you're looking for a new place to play, you know, you or your representatives might call up your former teammate and good friend and say, hey, Brabes. Um, what are you, what's your plans there in Tennessee? You had a team that was the AFC Championship game uh, a year ago, and in the playoffs, you know, how about me? And you know, the word would have come back because they they signed Tannehill to an extension. That now we're sticking with our guy. Same was true in in San Francisco. I think Brady's people reached out to the Forty ers They weren't necessarily pursuing it, but that's his hometown team. Fantasy, young Joe Montana, growing up and they had just come off a super bowl. Now they lost and Garoppolo was a big reason why he was like 3 of 11 in the fourth quarter, just needed a first down or so. Um but they just signed him to a huge extension and he was virtually untradeable. So while there was some discussion, they didn't pull the trigger on that. It's all of them in my my opinion. Um I don't know that there's any one guy, but it was it was funny to hear him cornered um you know uh, about the Titans specifically. And, you know, look, there, there's no, here's the thing. There's nobody like Brady. We were out there. Practice had ended, and it was grueling, by the way. I think the heat index was the highest of the year out there, um, you know, on Wednesday. Somewhere in in a hundred, it was supposed to get up, feels like, like 109, right? So we're out there walking on the sun as usual, and they didn't start practice until 10, which meant that's usually about the time they finish up, 10.30, so they were beginning practice at that time. So, you know, full pads, everybody's everybody's cooking. Um, we go through this two, two-and-a-half-hour practice, and after practice, everybody is gone. I mean, people, you know, these players couldn't wait to go and stick their head in, in a bunch of ice or something. And Brady is out there, um, you know, with Alex Guerrero, with some people, and his son, Jack, and he's running – sprints wind sprints after like doing bootlegs and waggles and and you know moving the pocket type stuff which you would never expect brady to ever 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 do in a football game but remember he's got a surgically repaired knee. he feels better than he ever has he's not even wearing a sleeve on it and so he was running these these wind sprints um with his 13 year old son you know half hour after practice in this heat uh, after he's been through a whole workout so that, that's what, you know, the joy that he plays football with. Because and somebody asked him, you know, why do you still do this? Like, And he's been asked that a million times, right? You know, you're 44. You've won all these Super Bowls. you got this beautiful family and, and, and supermodel wife. And what are you doing here? Why are you, why are you putting yourself through a training camp in in Tampa in August, right? And his answer is always the same. It's because he loves football. He loves playing the game, and you know he he loves what, uh, whatever time he spends with his with his kids and his family. He says that's great too, um, but I I just love to play, and the challenge that it brings and it challenges him him every week and every day. And you know he's he's going to do it for as long as he's good at it, which there doesn't seem to be much slowing down. Now I'll say this: the Titans won the day. The Titans were better. Than the Buccaneers overall, not necessarily on offense. You know, I think Tampa Bay's defense more than held their own in in many of the drills, um, but offensively the Bucks struggled against Tennessee. And and the biggest thing was, and this is kind of this is sort of been happening more often than it should. Is um, there was just a, too many drop passes. Uh, it wasn't so much that you know the protection broke down or. Um, you know, Brady didn't make good throws. When guys were open, he put the ball where it was supposed to be and they didn't make plays. And, you know, you see it once or twice. It's like, okay, it's going to happen. But then when it keeps happening, um, it turns into a pretty bad day. So while it was good work and, and, you know, there were plays made uh, for and against them during the scrimmage, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, they're so much better than the Titans or, oh, you know, they're the Super Bowl champs, you know, watch this. Uh, they've got all these weapons. Watch watch how they just light up Tennessee's young secondary. That was not the case. And it just it reinforced to me and probably to them that football is hard. <laughs> football, man, like to win a Super Bowl is hard, you know, and that's why it's taken 18 years for them to do it uh, in between Super Bowls. But it is a new year, and mm-hmm. – even though it was a scrimmage, you are going to get everybody's best punch. These, you know, this Tennessee team they they've been close to the mountaintop a few times themselves, and they want to get there. and And this is a great measuring stick for them in this practice. And I thought Brable's team came out and was more ready to hand it to Tampa Bay um, than the Bucks were.
1: You know, you brought up a recurring theme that seems to be happening this year, and following you and Joey Knight. on Twitter and practices. I'm not at the practices, but following others that are at practices. It seems like it's a constant. Antonio Brown dropped a pass. Gronkowski Mm -hmm. dropped a pass. Mm -hmm. Ronald Jones dropped a pass. Darden drops a pass. Tyler Johnson drops a pass. I mean, it it just seems like drop after drop after drop. Now, I'm not seeing the play, so it's people tweeting – Right, you know, so whether yeah, we, whether we it do, was you know was Brady's throw perfect or Gabbard or whoever the quarterback is, but sure, it sure seems like the recurring theme that I've seen out of the coverage is yeah. lots of drops, and it's not one receiver or two; it's the whole group. It seems. I, maybe I haven't seen Mike Evans, but beyond that,
0: right? Yeah, Mike hasn't dropped many. Um, I would say that the guy that that has been the most consistent, probably not a surprise, is Chris Godwin. Um, Chris went through his own battle, like, in the postseason of all places. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, especially at Washington, he dropped a lot of balls. And then uh, a couple early against Green Bay, but came back and made a huge play against the Packers. But I think Godwin has great hands. I mean, Gronk has great hands. He had a couple get batted up in the air. I mean, Brady, throughout the entire day, right, when you're talking about one-on-one, seven-on-seven, 11-on-11, red zone, two-minute, all of those drills that they did, Um, Brady threw a total, I think of four interceptions, which, which is probably a little more than you want to throw in a normal practice. Now, a couple of them got tipped up in the air by his own receivers, uh, that sort of thing, but they came down with four footballs and you know, that that's just, if it happens in a game, you're going to lose to a good team. And so I think today as they go out there uh, for this final workout against Tennessee, um, there should be some pushback if they got some pride because, uh, and again, I you know, defensively I thought they held their own. Tennessee made some plays in the red zone. They made some plays in certain drills, um, but the Bucks stopped them in two minute. You know, and the other thing you can't really tell, and this is on both sides, they're still not hitting the quarterback, right? So a guy can get close to him and run by them because he's not allowed to have contact and, and the quarterback's still going through his progressions and his reads and throws the football, which in a game – would not happen. So um you know, without fear of getting hit, it's a different sort of experience for the quarterbacks. Um but, you know, still overall, Tennessee was Tennessee's good, man. Mike Vrabel's done a nice job and and whatever Brady or anybody else thinks of Tannehill, he's he's been very very good. He's ranked yeah. way high up there in terms of all your, you know, fantasy uh markers and things like this that people pay attention to. Um, well, anytime and you Derek, have Derrick
1: Henry behind
0: you. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, yeah, Derrick Henry. Now, Julio Jones did not practice. I guess he hadn't practiced pretty much all training camp. Um, I think he's got some kind of an ankle injury or something like that. So we didn't get to see him, which was disappointing. But um, it, was, it was good work, man. And and they're not going to play the starters in this game. So this is pretty much what they're going to get this week. Um, but, you know, it's 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 a grind. It's a nice it's a nice break at the right time. I think it's a distraction from the the, the routine, the monotony of going against your guys every day um, at the same time and that sort of thing. So so that part's good, but we're still. It still seems like that Dallas game is a long way away, which might be good for Dallas because Dak Prescott may not be able to play the entire preseason. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But
1: well, that game's yeah. three weeks from tonight.
0: That's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, it'll be here before you know it. I, I, The way I look at it is, wow, we're still three weeks away. Or I say, wow, I got a lot of work to do before this game <laughs> starts because we got, like, special sections and all this other stuff coming out. Um, so we're going to have to get to that. But um, but as far as the training camp aspect of it, you know, it, it's it, it's a lot, man. And, and that's the thing. And John Romano wrote just, I think, an excellent column about Brady. Um, check it out in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. Uh, you know about how this guy man is 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 still driven, and and there was the evidence of it, you know, out there on Wednesday. It was it was really something to see. So good that is his thirteen year old son Jack is is acting as a ball boy. Um, well, I Brady was going to was... say
1: the Titans won another thing on on Wednesday at practice <laughs> as Mike right. Vrabel tweets out great. that uh, Jack Brady was speaking with his favorite former Patriot, and Tom Brady yeah. was there too.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uncle Vrabes um was there. So he's you know, Jack's been out there all week and, and I assume he's not uh, maybe not back in school yet in New York. Um he's the son that Brady had with actress uh, Bridget Moynihan and um but he's he's uh got a pretty good job. Like he's been spotting the football uh, you know, during practice and then also as Bruce Arian said, he called him the get back coach on every team when you're on the sidelines you know they're they're supposed to be behind a certain, not just behind the sideline, but behind the coaches and things, uh, so that the referees don't run into them. But uh, so Jack was doing that job, and it's got to be you know that's the other thing about you know Brady's kids. I mean Jack is 13, he's his oldest, um, but his kids are getting up there in age. They can appreciate his career, which is really cool. I always thought it was neat when players got older, their families, their kids got to understand what their dad did you know and naturally the Bradys should understand it they got all the all the hardware at home but um, they still have a better appreciation as they get older um, and that was that was kind of the cool thing about veteran players um, who got who got to play you know into their thirties very few ever played into their forties much less heading to 50 and rounding the corner here but um you know it makes you it makes you think about what you're missing when, you, when your own kids start to get more active in different sports and different things, you want to be there to be able to see them and root them on. So that's all the stuff that Brady's going through. He said, you know, Jack's at a really neat age, and he says he's getting a kick out of this. He goes, it's probably more fun for me, right, to see him out there and interacting with players. And um, But what an opportunity for, for, you know, a young person to be around um, that sort of talent in that team. It's just It's just really, really cool. So um, we'll check them out again today and see how they wrap up this uh, this two-day uh, joint practice with the Tennessee Titans. Meanwhile.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's
0: legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, What the f***
1: are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass
0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Your Tampa Bay Rays own the Baltimore Orioles. They're now 14-1, and one, and they uh, have scored a ton of runs. Eight runs now in 10 of their last 12 games. Uh, they beat the Orioles again, sweep, I guess, which mm-hmm. I guess when you play Baltimore, I mean, it's funny because looking at the standings, the Yankees now have overtaken the Red Sox. And because the Rays won, the Yankees are now five games still behind, um, behind the Rays for first place in American League East. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting when you look at it, you go, here are the records that all the teams in the L.E. East had against Baltimore. Well, the difference in the lead is quite simply the Rays series against the Orioles because, you know, they've lost just one game against those guys, and everybody has a winning record against Baltimore in the American League East, but some are like 9-3, 6-4, uh, you know, that sort of thing. That's, that's the difference. You know, that, that's the five games where they all count, right? They all mm-hmm. count uh, equally, and, and the Rays have done a much better job of just dominating the Orioles
1: yeah so I, and now the the Rays just have four games left against the Orioles, including the matinee today at one o'clock. Uh, no. I believe the Red Sox and Yankees both have six left with them going down the stretch, so mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, you know the Rays, and we've, we've talked about this, and Neil Solons brought this up early in the season. The Rays' second half schedule is much easier than their first half schedule was, which they're playing a lot of Baltimore the second half. Now they're almost next weekend they'll be done with them when they go back to Baltimore. But they still have a lot against the Tigers. Uh, I think they've got another series against uh, the Twins. I mean, the White Sox this weekend, they're a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, they may be the team in, in the American League. You, should, you go, that's the one I kind of worry about. Sure. Because uh, I, I think their pitching is really thick. Uh-huh. Um, I want to pull up the, the race schedule real quick. So, but, I mean, they have a, they have a lot of teams that, they should be, be beat heavily up favored. And, and, yeah. and, you know, the thing is, is that right now the Rays are beating up on those teams. Yeah. You know, the Orioles, let's see. They've got the Phillies next week on mm-hmm. the road and the Orioles. Then you'll, you'll play the Red Sox. That'll be a tough series, of course. Although the Red Sox are reeling. They're reeling, though. Yeah. You get the Twins again. Uh, right. Even though they took two of three from you there, you should win that. You've got you still got seven against the Tigers. Uh, you got the Marlins still to come you got the blue jays who may be out of it by the time you face them in mid september and you got six against them so yeah. you know the rays the rays are in a great position 41 games to go you're what 27 games above 500 mhm um, you're 5 games ahead in the in the division and you know the, the other thing about the yankees is you only play the yankees three more times so the yankees can't can't just beat you to catch you They've, yeah. they've got to do better than they got to do better than you outside of just you, right? Because you, know, you know there's only three games left to catch you. So, um, the Rays are in a good position, but the Yankees are healthy, and they're you know their their bats are heating up and their pitching is getting better. And, and the they've biggest, added the, the biggest thing, yeah. They, they've they added, added Rizzo. Right.
0: They have added mm-hmm. Gallo, right?
1: Yeah, But they're getting healthy is the thing too. I mean, yeah, sure. Now the question is, you know, that's a lineup that traditionally doesn't stay healthy. You know, will, John, will Stanton stay healthy all year? Is Judge going to remain Judge, healthy? Is, mm. You know, the guys like that. But when you add guys like Rizzo with that, that certainly helps and gives you some depth. So It's going to be yeah. a fun uh, last 40 games here, 41-game stretch. Um, well, it-
0: the reason they need um, to do what they're doing against the Baltimore's and then, to your point, the Tigers later and so on, is that I believe I'm right about this, their last two – uh, series are both on the road, and I think it's against the Yankees in New York and in Houston.
1: Yeah, Houston first, then they end the season in New York,
0: and they end the season. So you know you don't want to go into there saying we got to sweep these two teams. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you'd like to have enough cushion to where if you like win those series that mm-hmm. you're the AL champions. But
1: you'd like to go into the series with New York with a four game lead. Yes, yes. So they can't catch you. Absolutely. Now, Houston may have their stuff wrapped up by the time you face them. Right. In the final right. week. Although, you know, Oakland's still in the wild card hunt and Seattle's, you know, sitting there. I mean, they're a few games back. If they if they get really hot, mm-hmm. they could make a run too. So
0: There's like five teams I think that are pretty close. Um back packed together.
1: Well, I mean the three wild cards are within a game of each other. Right. Boston, New York, and Oakland. Two of them get the wild card at this point.
0: Right. And Seattle's and a few games back from them. A number of teams behind them, yeah. but yeah it's going to be it's going to be a a wild finish and and you know the other thing that needs to happen for the race cuz i still don't you know don't know that they've figured out all their pitching yet but they're supposed to get some guys back chris archer i guess is headed back this weekend
1: yeah he pitched uh in durham on tuesday mm-hmm. uh gave up one hit it was a three-run home run but that was the only runs he gave up yeah um so he's going to be back this weekend you have guys like Fireisen and Anderson, and uh, those guys are all on, on rehab assignments now. or starting? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Fireisen pitched on Wednesday. Anderson was Tuesday. Uh, I think Fairbanks is supposed to start pitching pretty quick. Right. Um, so a lot of these guys you're going to start getting back quickly. Uh, right. Your hope—that's your hope. I mean, if the rehab goes well, of course. So no, that's good, that's going to you know. I mean, you know, you're sitting there the last few days getting innings from and saves from Phillips, who was DFA'd, and then, you know, Armstrong p- p- pitched on Wednesday. Uh, you know, guys that you've never even heard of before, um, giving you quality innings right now and helping. But when you can get guys like Anderson and Fairbanks and FireEyes and those type of guys back in your bullpen, it's just going to make it so much better. Yarborough pitched great on Wednesday. He did. Um, Lewis Head gave up two runs in the first. Yarborough came in. Retired 15 of 16 batters, gave up one hit over five innings in in no walks, pitched great.
0: For whatever reason, and we've seen this with other pitchers, he seems to to be better in a bulk role Mm -hmm. than starting the game.
1: Well, and you're hoping Fleming's going to be the same way with that, and he did that the other day. Now, he's been pitching better at home than the road, so you'll see if you can do that on the road with him, too, but he seems to be a better guy behind an opener as well.
0: You know, they couldn't. They tried, but they couldn't make a trade for a starting pitcher, right? And so, but they did make a trade, and a huge significant trade for Nelson Cruz, who hit two home runs the other night. I I think this, that, and, and Dave Wills and Andy were talking about this on the broadcast when I was listening. I went out to grab some dinner, and, and, and I think they're right, is that, you know, the Rays are have always been the same team, right? It's about pitching and defense. That's usually what it is in the playoffs as well. Um, but they... You know their DNA is sort of, hey, we're going to win games three to two, two to one, four to three. Um, they've never had really many teams that were just offensively better than the guys across from them. It's you know they couldn't make the deal for the pitcher right, but they did make it for Cruz, which absolutely changed their lineup. They brought up Franco, they got rid of um, Willie Adamas, who's playing great in in Milwaukee, but they wanted to make room for. Uh, for Wander, who's on fire right now. I mean, he's swinging a hot bat. Arena is is completely hot again, much like he was about this time last year. I think they brought him up, uh, and and he was on fire and stayed that way throughout the postseason. Set records, so they're they're doing it a different way. Like they they may need to win games six to four, seven to five, you know. Um, but but they've shown that they're capable of putting up a lot of offense. Now, that's usually not the case in the postseason. You see, you know, lower scoring games because you're facing better and better pitchers and bullpens. Um, but uh, that's sort of the calculus I think the Rays made was, mm-hmm. look, we, we can't get, um, you know, Max Scherzer, right? We we can't get that guy without either giving up too much or they just don't want to play here. So let's, let's bolster what's already a pretty good offensive team length in our lineup and and that's where Nelson Cruz came into play and I, I you know they're going to do it a different way they're going to do it with bullpens they're going to do it with guys mm-hmm. um, and they got to have health right because right now their ace is Shane McClanahan period mm-hmm. right young pitcher no you know started his major league career in the playoffs which was cool so he's got a little playoff experience Louis Patino is their number two so you're starting those guys against the top-rung pictures of Every team you play in the postseason, uh, you know, has going against somebody's ace. Uh, these guys are going to have to pitch every, you know, you're going to use probably three starters in a five- or seven-game series. So, you know, I don't know that the Rays will have another starter. They may just go all bullpen all all the time for the third time around um, in, in any series. But that beats up your bullpen. That means you've got to have um, more depth down there because you're already building in a day where you're going to use a lot of that a lot of those innings, so it's, they're just gonna have to do it a different way. And and you know the way they're swinging the bats, it makes you believe. And I, again, I know this particular stretch is against the Orioles and the Twins or whomever, but you know they they've they've got a very potent lineup. I mean, there's there's really no easy outs. You would say a year ago or so, Miguel um, batting you know always below two hundred, which he still kind of is hovering around there. But look at the home runs. Look at the production they've gotten and the power. The power thing has been the biggest surprise to me this year, Steve. Is I, I didn't, I didn't see this team as one that was going to hit just a ton of home runs, and they are.
1: Well, a, c- a couple things, and, and everything you said is correct. And, and I think the Rays management made an important decision as they got to the trade deadline. And first of all, not many starting pitchers got traded.
0: Right. That's right.
1: Um, and guys like Scherzer had full control over where he wanted over to where go. where he went. Yeah. You know, you couldn't just trade for him, and you know he's a ten five guy. He could do. He could say no. He, 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 he said, okay, I'll go to L.A. There's mm-hmm. no guarantee he would have said he'd go to Tampa Bay. Don't know if the Rays tried to get him. Don't know if they even made a competitive offer. No idea. But the Rays, we know they have pitching. And, and yes, this year it's not going to be traditional in the playoffs like last year where you had Morton and Snell and Glass now and you figured out the rest after those three. Right, your big three. It, mm-hmm. It's going to be very different. But look at their ERA. Look at the production all year. They have the pitching. Yeah. Um, it's just going to look yeah, very different. Do. What failed them in the playoffs last year was the bats. Outside, Aras Arena great. was hot, and beyond that, a little bit here and there. Zanino hit a few home runs, and yeah, Lowe Redden-Lowe, was bad. Meadows was wasn't terrible. good. Right, um, you know, you go through that lineup, and it was not very good. Right. So this year, Willie Adamas, who. Can't hit in Tropicana Field. Don't know why.
0: <laughs> it's true. I,
1: I don't if the lights or if it's mental or who knows why. Yeah. And you know, they've traded him to Milwaukee and he's not playing at Tropicana Field and he's lighting it up. And good for him.
0: Right. But he struggled in the playoffs, man.
1: Oh yeah, he absolutely. But when the Rays did that, that allowed them to bring Wander Franco up. I mean, first it was Taylor Walls, but ultimately it was going to be Franco.
0: Yeah. Who's a stud.
1: Yeah. You've got a Rosarina now in your outfield full time. Right. Nelson Cruz now at the DA. I mean, you start looking at this lineup, and, and we were talking about it tonight. I, I was at the game with with Andy Fried and Dave Wells. In that, this may be the best Rays lineup. They've they've been working here since '05, so they've seen all mm-hmm. the good years for the Rays. Yeah, they weren't here for the hit show, but the 2010 lineup may have had better top end guys, particularly guys that could also run and hit. Mm-hmm. When you got Crawford and and Upton and guys like that in the lineup with Longoria and, and and that, but there was not there you didn't have I mean you didn't have Zanino batting eighth hitting twenty six home runs no, you know Kiermaier batting eighth who is getting hot now, mm-hmm. or ninth you know I mean he's you know you you didn't the lineup maybe had some, the top end guys were a little better overall but you didn't have the the quality lineup the whole way through.
0: Yeah, no, I can remember most years, if you looked at the Rays, you'd say maybe they get through the five-hitter, six-hitter mm-hmm. occasionally. And then the rest of the guys, if you got anything, and I mean anything out of those bottom three, bottom four hitters, you it was bonus time because you just didn't feel like they were going to do much. Um, Where's where, the weak
1: spot in the lineup now?
0: They don't have one. They, it's really and, – and left-handed pitching was destroying these guys this mm-hmm. year. I mm-hmm. mean, they were not – they were not hitting any left-handers, and that's not good because in the postseason, teams will make sure that you face nothing but. Um, but now it's completely turned around. Now you feel completely comfortable, whether it's Johnny Diaz, Margot, Rosa Reina, um, you know, now Nelson Cruz. Um, you're okay on either side. I mean, you're better than okay, you know. And that, that's that was the biggest thing was adding a right-handed bat, you mm-hmm. know, um and they've they've turned that around i mean because and maybe it was bound to turn around because it was so glaringly you know skewed um you know they were just they were they were so bad against left-handers that it couldn't probably last uh an entire season but they made themselves a much more balanced lineup that way so i you know i i like their line i like watching them play i mean, they. They moved the baseball, you know. I'm not seeing as many strikeouts. Seeing a lot of long. Uh, that balls. was going to
1: be my next point. Yeah, and while the Rays are still second overall in strikeouts, mm-hmm. if you really look at it, particularly since guys like Franco came up, who doesn't yes. strike out as much? Yes, they, you know, they've got some more contact guys in the lineup
0: now. Margot's back healthy. Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. You know, so they're second overall, and since the All Star break, they're 11th in strikeouts.
0: Really? So it's all flipped around. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I mean, they're not. They're not, you know, the best, but no, they're, but not, they're, nearly as, the they're not nearly as they're not nearly as bad as you think they are, and it's well, that perception because the beginning of the year they had the most, and so you think all they do is strike out. Wednesday night, granite against the Orioles, not a great pitching staff, and that, but they had five strikeouts.
0: Right. Anything under ten in the major leagues, mm-hmm. go show me. If if you they, we don't do the printing of any more of these, I'm, and, and for those of you who are writing me, listen to me carefully. We don't do box scores anymore, um, but. If you go and you look at any box score in Major League Baseball on any given night, you're likely to see ten strikeouts for both teams every single night. That just is the way baseball has gone. Um, whether it's you know uh, velocity or you know, hitters, you know the strikeout is no longer frowned upon. They're up there swinging hard with two strikes, all of that. But ten strikeouts seems to be sort of sort of the norm. Uh, on any baseball game well how many how many
1: home games do the rays not strike out 10 of the opponent and get the you know the free tacos
0: giving away the tacos all the the time Kane's
1: furniture and that i mean it's almost every game absolutely kind of like scoring six runs a game which is becoming a habit (laughs) lately
0: yeah (laughs) right and that's harder to do it's it's you know strikeouts are easy but um scoring that many runs is really rare i mean to do that eight out of or 10 out of the last 12 games That's eighty. I mean, think about it. Ten out of the last twelve games. That's a lot of runs. I don't care if it's against Baltimore. It's against major league players. Whatever they're having good at bats. So,
1: yeah, no. It's the offense is on fire. I mean, they're 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 doing fine. I mean, the pitching you're starting to get guys healthy now, Mm -hmm. and as that bullpen gets thicker, it's only going to make this team better. We'll see what Chris Archer gives them this weekend, right? And and see how you know. I don't think they know how they're going to use him yet. Overall. Right. You know, will he become a starter? Will he become a bulk guy? Will he just be a bullpen guy? I don't think they know yet. I think they want to see what he what he does up here and what he has. Um, you know, but it's just, it's another arm there. And like I said, as you start getting the other guys back, it, it's it's going to be a fun stretch here. And, and, you know, the Yankees are hot, but the Rays are, too. So, I mean, you know, the Yankees have to be a little bit frustrated. I mean, they've caught Boston and that's you know, they're happy about that, but they're not gaining any ground on the Rays. No, they're not. I mean, the Yankees, I think, have won 18 out of the last 23 games, and I don't think they've caught up anything on the race. In that and, and
0: that's the thing. That's they, they did run down Boston, and they're in second place, but that's the frustrating thing is they can't play any better, and that's a long stretch to go as hot as they've been. It, the law of averages are they're going to start losing some games here. Um, they're not going to win eight out of every ten. So, you know, at some point they're going to cool off, and yet still five, they're still looking at five-game difference between them and yeah. and the Tampa Bay Rays since so the All Star
1: break, the Yankees are twenty three and nine, the Rays are twenty and ten. So they <laughs> caught so. up. They've caught up a little bit. I mean, what? Yeah, that's two games they've caught up. That's you know, it. I mean, they they've gone twenty three and nine and only caught up two games on the Rays. <laughs>
0: that's it, man. It's got it. and that's the way it is, right? When you're mm-hmm. when you're in a in a in a division with a team that you know, I mean, the Rays are. I haven't done the math. They're they're they're. They're on pace to win close to a hundred games, I think. Ninety seven, ninety-eight um, games. Well,
1: if you give me a second, I'll add it up here.
0: I mean, it, it's it's a lot. Like the most maybe of I mean, franchise history there they've got to look at it at least.
1: Let's see, I've got seventy four wins and hundred and twenty one games. They're on pace for ninety nine. Ninety nine. Which would be the franchise record.
0: Yeah. And the you know the the incredible one hundred mark is right out mm-hmm. there for them somewhere. So really,
1: they have to go eight and twenty three, no eight and thirty three, just to get to finish the season above five hundred.
0: That's remarkable.
1: Yeah, they just need eight more wins to guarantee that they're above five hundred.
0: Yeah, well, it's been a great uh, and and, yep. and you know you want to talk about like you know I know Kevin Cash won Manager of the Year a year ago. Just keep the trophy in Tampa Bay because. And I think what's going to happen is Tony LaRusso is going to win it.
1: I think you're, I think you're right
0: <laughs> because the White Sox weren't necessarily expected to have this kind mm-hmm. of year, and you know the 75 year old skipper shows up and uh, uh, and and they take off. So he'll probably with the name recognition and 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 the job he's yeah, it's done. It's either him or Craig Council in Milwaukee could too. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't I don't know that Cash and uh, he deserves well, it, but probably although San
1: Francisco it. too. I mean. That, you know, well, that's true. Who would yeah. have guessed? They, I mean, so who saw that? Yeah, I don't think Kevin Cash even finished his top three at this point. No, probably not. I mean, the Rays were in the World Series last year. You expected them to be good. Maybe they got there a different way this year. Yeah, you know, assuming that they make the playoffs by the end of the year when the voting happens.
0: Right, right. But, but did, they,
1: did you see what happened in New York tonight?
0: You sent me this thing. I I find that hard to believe. I mean, we're sitting
1: here. There's some video of it now. Trisha Whitaker tweeted it out. That's crazy! August nineteenth, so the, New- the New York this. fans finally pass. Bought they sweep Boston in a three game series, swept a doubleheader right. on Tuesday, went on Wednesday, which they loved. And the fans start chanting, "We want Tampa!" <laughs> which I would have thought New York fans would have learned <laughs> their right. lesson in the hockey season when the Islanders did that. Yeah, right. You know, be careful what you ask for.
0: Yeah, Absolutely, man! You're going to get them. You're probably going to get them.
1: Well, I mean, the Rays right now are the best record in the American League. So if that holds, if they continue to do that, they would face the winner of the wild card game, Mm -hmm. which as of tonight would be New York and I think Oakland. I haven't seen what they did tonight. Which
0: it seems like Oakland loses to the Yankees in every single playoff. Um, It's almost a given. Let's see. Oakland
1: lost tonight, I think. So they're actually, yeah. So yeah, it would be Oakland at the Yankees for the wild card game. So
0: right, well, I've seen that movie a thousand times. Yeah, the yeah, only one—the only, deserve- one, only
1: one that would be a the more repeated movie would be the Twins at the Yankees, who the Twins never beat the Yankees in the postseason. I think that's they've true. lost like twelve straight games against the Yankees in the postseason. It's incredible. If I were the Rays,
0: I would. Per- I mean, even though you 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 have no trouble playing in New York, especially of late, the last few years, but I would I would almost prefer to play anybody that's not in the American League East, just just because, but. You know, you don't want the White Sox too soon. Um, I don't know who they'd end up playing. but Well, the Astros you know, I, are
1: the other team leading the division. So. Yeah,
0: and they're they're probably better um, pitching-wise. At least their starting pitching certainly is more settled in. But, yeah, so I mean, it's inevitable they're going to have a series with New York. So, yeah, New York's going to get exactly what they're asking for, and it, it may not be a good thing for them. Um, this Rays team has played really well at Yankee Stadium the last few years. And, um, and then the other thing is too, that I'm excited to see is like when they get to the, po- listen, it's a grind, right? And we saw it with the lightning, you go through the regular season, you, you know, you're a Stanley cup champion. You just, none of this matters. You just want to get to the playoffs. Of course, the lightning had Kucherov come back. Um, that'll be the case this year with the bucks. You know, I think most people assumed that they would make the post and they did, but at one point they were seven and five. So it was a little bit dicey there for a while. So all that really mattered though when you have a guy like Brady is, okay, we have a chance. We get to the postseason, we have a chance. And then and then of course they won four games on the road, won the Super Bowl. Um and it's kind of that way, you know, with the Rays. I, I think they're gonna be invigorated by October. You know, um this is why they wanted to get back there. They they got a taste of it, they were so close. All of those things that you talk about when you when you don't win a World Series, but I think October this team will come alive even more because they they've been there they know what they know what that feeling is um they know how to produce in october so that that's when i think they'll probably be at their best so there's still there's still a lot a lot of time to go we still got another month and a half almost or a month and a quarter um before we get to october so there's still plenty of baseball ahead of us but um and you just hope that you know the little bit of starting pitching they have remaining stays healthy because at the rate they're going, they've 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 lost so many pitchers out of the staff, and you just got to keep them uh, keep them healthy until you get there. Uh, so we'll be back out at uh, One Buck Place today this morning for the final workout, mm-hmm. or joint workout between the Titans and uh, and the Bucks. Uh, that'll be something to watch. Um, there was one other thing at USF. I don't know. Uh, you mentioned this too. Go on Twitter. You can check this out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So USF
1: opens their 25th season. Yeah, It's their 25th season this year? Uh, two weeks from tonight at, at North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, college football is that close.
0: Or two and a half weeks. Wow. No, two weeks. Two weeks from tonight. Just two weeks from tonight. Yeah, they're okay. th-
1: Thursday night in Raleigh. Or
0: so whatever. are they? They are one of the early. Are they one of the first games of the college football season? Yeah, there's a
1: few games that Thursday beforehand, but week one is starts on uh, September 4th which is a Saturday, but there's a few games that play Thursday and Friday night uh, that weekend. Gotcha. So they're one of the ones. They play at NC State on that Thursday night. So, mm-hmm. so two weeks from tonight. But uh, Jeff Scott, they have this thing where they call guys up to the front and they answer questions about themselves. It's, I think it's presumably to teammates to get to know each other. Get to know each other, and, and so Jeff Scott calls two walk-ons up to the front of the room, and he says, well, I just we don't have a lot of time, so I just have one question for you guys. He says, uh, how does it feel for you guys effective today to be on full scholarship? Mm. And the place went nuts. All the teammates mob the two walk-ons, yeah. and they get their scholarships. And I love watching those videos.
0: It, it, it's I can't see enough of them. It's 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 almost to me, um, and I don't mean to make a parallel here, but it's like when they'll surprise a family from a military member that's back, back home, you know, that's mm-hmm. been away, and they look at the video. I'm a puddle every time I see those. I'm the same way with scholarships, man. Listen, I, I went to college, and without truly without scholarship money, my family would have never been able to afford to send me even to Arkansas State, which is saying something or anywhere else. And you know, the opportunity to to go and get your college degree, um, especially with what the costs are these days, is is really it's really an accomplishment, and it's a sacrifice for everybody in the family. And what this must mean to these two kids? Uh, and you see it over and over again what you know one of these uh programs will, will award these scholarships to to walk-ons and it's you know there's only so many spots it's very hard there's a lot of people that walk on to these schools and it's very hard to to make a team as a walk-on but there'll be some you know there's there's always some that that get hang that hang in there probably less than 10 uh I would imagine probably less, some in some instances maybe less than 5 but um, they always have a couple, and then when you see those guys excel to the point where not only you're on the team and, and as a walk on, but now now you've earned a scholarship. I mean, what a what a moment, and a life changing moment because of the expense of college and all of that. Um, just so cool, man. I just it, it really gets to me because I, I know exactly where those guys are at. You know, I saw um,
1: one last week, and I, I can't remember what team it was. It wasn't a big, it wasn't a big time program, but it was. He had all the players out midfield, right? And he asked about two players, and you know, what did you do last night? Because apparently, wasn't a very good practice. Mm. You know, you guys are all tired. What did you do last night? in these two mm. walk-ons, you know, I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings till eleven o'clock last night. That's right. You know, and they're at practice the next morning or whatever. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. coach is like, these guys are working. He goes, you know, and he kind of builds it up, and he goes, There's work. and now they're on scholarship. And, you know, the team just all went out, and the players were like, That's oh, so my great. goodness, you know. I mean, I love watching those. It's, it's just- so
0: great. And it's hard. I mean, I, you know, I, I will just, and I'll wrap, wrap it up on this, but, I, you know, I was on a meal plan up there in college, and I went up, and what I came to find out was that, um, the, you know, you got breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but the meal plan ended on Sunday at around mm-hmm. 3 o'clock. Um, we would go to church on Sunday and then we'd come back and we'd have like a Sunday meal, but that was it. There was no dinner that day. And what I found as a 19 year old that I'm very hungry at about seven or six, (laughs) I'm still hungry. It's Sunday, but I got no more meal money. So we all had to, you know, I don't even know if you're supposed to do it, but we all had to find sort of odd jobs for me. I was able to cover high school football, make $25 a game, I think, or whatever it was 50 at the time, whatever um, driving all over Arkansas in little towns that I didn't know. Uh, I worked at the student newspaper as a sports editor. I got a little money for that, but you'd scrape together this college existence, you know. And every dollar was precious. It really was. You get, you know, sometimes you get a care package from mom and dad, you know, with a few bucks in it. But um, you know, it, it 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 matters, man. It just like it's the sort of the nomadic life of a college student, but. All that matters, and I'm I'm happy for those guys. It was really a cool moment. Check it out. Um, we probably retweeted it. I we would did. Think, we did from the Sports Day Tampa Bay. Yeah. Account. Yep. Yeah. Check it out on that. So, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Again, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, myself, Joey Knight, will preview the Bucks and um, the Tennessee Titans game on Saturday. A lot of players on the bubble have to have a big game in this game. We'll tell you who they are. So keep it right here on Sports Day, Tampa Bay. For Steve Erskine, I'm McStroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.